Right now, it's a Tech Tuesday, and our tech expert, Carmi Levy, is here. Good morning. Good morning, John. Great to be here. Okay, so tell me about the uh, lunar lander, because I'm thinking it's 2024, and we land a craft on the moon, and then it falls over. Yeah, uh, this is a really sad story. It was known as Odysseus from a company called Intuitive Machines. They were the first private company to succeed in landing anything on the moon. First U.S. landing since the Apollo 17 mission in 1972. So there's a lot of history attached to this. And unfortunately, it came down uh, uh, wrong. It was it, There was a bit of sideways motion. And one of the legs, uh, the landing legs, kind of caught as it landed and it tipped over on its side, that had two sort of major impacts on on its ability to do what it what it was planned to do. Was the solar panels weren't generating as much power because they weren't pointed properly, and some of the antennas, some of them were on top, of course, but others were on the bottom. So it was almost like going from high speed internet to dial up. Uh, it could only offload a certain amount of data in a certain amount of time. So they didn't they weren't getting all the data that they wanted, and they were losing power. It was only supposed to last for a week anyway, because uh, of course. Now we're about to go into lunar night, uh, but because of the power and the telemetry problems, they're cutting the mission short. It's go, it's turning off today, uh, so a little less than they thought, and they're still going through the data to see just how much they got. Uh, but it certainly isn't anywhere near what they had hoped for because of this landing incident. Tell me about this story with Wendy's, where they want to start Uber-like surge pricing. So they're you know, for food delivery, or is it all product? Uh, no, this is for uh, when you are in the restaurant. So this is in restaurant. They're planning on rolling this out to all of their U.S. restaurants by 2025. So this is good. They didn't mention Canada. I'm pleased about that because who doesn't love when you know when when you take an Uber and a Lyft to only to realize that oh goodness I had the misfortune of taking a ride during a high demand period and now I'm being charged three times as much. That's really what it's all about. Is at lunchtime, dinner time, high demand times when you go into the restaurant, they're replacing their menus with electronic menu board so they can change the the pricing dynamically. Uh, they do say that during times of low demand, the prices might go down. But we've uh, we've bought this T-shirt before, right? We've we've seen this in the gig economy. Uh, full well, uh, it's more often than not they will charge you more. Um, and the fact that they're rolling this out, this isn't just a pilot. This is all across America. Uh, I don't think this is going to go well. We see survey after survey that shows consumers hate surge pricing and why. A fast food restaurant would think that people would be okay with that when they really hate it during when they're when they're taking a, a ride in a car uh, is absolutely beyond me. I, I think we all may need to just break our fast food addiction at this point. I'm really sorry, Dave. Well, I, I find it fascinating because it's just another instance of where a supplier or provider will make their problem your problem. And of course, their yeah. problem is everybody arrives at lunchtime, so you need to have extra staff. You're backed up, and so now you're going to just charge more money to the client and hope that the client waits until one o'clock instead of noon. Yeah, and that's the business that you're in. So, you know, find another way to do that in a way that doesn't punish the customer. Wendy's has a bit of a history of, of you know, doing the technology for technology's sake thing. You know, they they uh, they, they, they had an AI-powered uh, chatbot for their drive-through a couple of years ago, uh, and that didn't go so well because they found out that there were actually humans in the background who are, who are working it. They also announced plans for uh, an automated underground delivery system so that you could 
park in their parking lots and a, a robot would bring you your meal instead of a, a Wendy's employee. That also didn't go so well. So it's one of those things. It's a burger, people. You don't really need to throw every last piece of technology at it. Sometimes just focus on maybe just making the burger taste a little bit better or maybe even healthier. Regulators in the States, Carmi, are banning the use of AI-generated voices in robocalls. Yeah, this is in response to that incident uh, last month where uh, there was that robocall just before the New Hampshire primary. Uh, it claimed to be Joe Biden saying, don't vote in the primary. Uh, we need your vote for the presidential election. Turns out, of course, it was AI generated. It was fake. Uh, it was uh, it was key. It was determined that it was an attempt at voter suppression for obvious reasons. Uh, now, the Federal Communications Commission, their equivalent of the CRTC, uh, has has banned it, uh, which is a good thing, because obviously this has in election year, this has implications, dire implications. The problem is there are enough loopholes to drive a truck through. Uh, for example, if it only applies to landlines. So to wireless call, wireless uh, receivers, not a big deal. If you've got a mobile phone, you're still getting these calls. Also, if it's a not-for-profit, uh, they're allowed to send uh, AI-generated calls as well. So gives them a bit of a legal avenue, makes it harder uh, for someone to suppress an election if they want to using artificial intelligence and voice cloning. Uh, but not impossible. Uh, and so this, we can expect this to continue. And also, let's face it, if you're going to use AI to tell voters not to go to the polls, chances are you don't really care about the law anyway. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So common wisdom has always been that if you get your iPhone wet, you should put it in dry rice and that will draw the water out of it. But apparently Apple says that's not a good idea. Yeah, they've updated their guidance on their website. They say, do not put it in a bag of rice. Doing so could cause small particles of rice to actually damage your phone. Uh, and if the particles don't damage the phone separately, they can also prevent it from drying out. They can impede ventilation inside. And that's really the key. So they've changed their guidance. Basically, they say, if you do get it wet, if the, uh, if the moisture sensor goes off, you will get a message on the phone. Um, go to a well-ventilated area and then tap the phone so that the water kind of comes out of wherever it got into, probably the charging port. And then don't, and don't use a hairdryer, don't use compressed air, don't use any external heat source, uh, but then leave it uh, alone for a while, preferably at least 24 hours in a well-ventilated area, then try again. Um, so no rice. Uh, it is an old, old wives' tale. It doesn't work. And in fact, according to Apple now, their official guidance is it could make it even worse. Okay. And what is the probability that your iPhone is going to recover if, say, I mean, I know the most common mishap is people drop them in the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, depends on a whole lot of factors. How old the phone is, the more recent it is, the better the water, uh, you know, the water sort of uh, the, um, the the waterproofing is. The standards have gone up in recent years. Also, what I find in my experience, because I have dropped phones uh, in water, I have killed them. Um, but what seems to save me is a really good case. Uh, so if you have a good case that it adds to the waterproofness of it, put one on now. I know a lot of people don't like them, but they can save you a lot of heartache. Carmi, thanks a lot. Thanks, John. Carmi Levy. <laughs> okay, and Nick added that in. It's not like Carmi's doing this from the washroom.